between you and me, right where you are right in this moment, is exactly where you were meant to be. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. I am your hostess, Elena Harder. This is a mini episode designed to give you a taste of what is available in our larger full interviews, as well as what we get into in the deeper version of our membership, where we have full video, bonus courses with our interviewees, and of course, our weekly calls where we support each other mom to mom. We'd love to have you as part of the Joygasmic Life membership. Do that. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts around how trauma plays into our ability to actually navigate and handle all of this. Because I know uh, one of the moms groups I w- I'm a part of uh, a couple months back, we were talking about postpartum. And there were definitely some women who were like, I want people there. I want to have that help. And then there were other women who were like, nobody's coming near me for at least six weeks. Everybody better stay the heck away. My parents not welcome. My family not welcome. I'm going to pre-freeze so many meals and I'm just going to do it on my own. And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, like, you know, there's something that my perception was there's something that's like so solidified into that, like I'm independent, I can do it on my own kind of like mindset that they weren't even open to receiving that help. And I got a, I got a bit of that too. Um, But my, my, my hope is for that this next postpartum that I'll, I'll be able to sort of like crack that open and be like, Oh, I am open to receiving help. I'm open to, to hearing that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on sort of how past traumas or how we deal with coping with stress can can really impact how we handle that postpartum period. Totally. Absolutely. Well, and there's that saying out there, and although I don't think it applies to everyone, um, that radical independence is a trauma response. And um, I think when it comes to postpartum support, um, there is a lot to think about. And I know that I kind of idealized the whole kind of baby moon idea. That's what we called it at the time of like having like, even if it was, yeah, like 28 days or something, um, where it's just you and the, like the dad and the baby. And, um, I quickly learned that there, there are benefits to that, but there's also, um, there's a lot of cons to it as well. And just in not having that support and care. So, um, I do think that it is a, it is a trauma response. Um, And I think also what a lot of um, mothers I talk to um, talk about is again, it's also the programming that we had, that we have to be like strong, independent women. We don't, we don't rely on anybody. We can, we can do this. Our mothers did it. Um, Some of some women um, even get that dialogue directly from their mothers. Like, well, I did it on my own. So it's like, it's kind of like generational trauma of like mothers had to do it on their own. They had to be strong. Um, And so they think that that's like how things have to be done. Um, And, you know, I think there's also always a little bit of terror of reaching out for support and then it doesn't show up. Mm. Now, another situation my clients often have to deal with is that um, although we often think that like um, the grandparents and the aunts and uncles, the family members are are the best people to be there for support. Um, Some people um, have, you know, unhealed issues, unresolved issues with their parents, Um, maybe um, their relationship with their parents or their relatives are not the most healthiest And it's really important that a mother, especially in that very sensitive, vulnerable postpartum period where her nervous system is actually like extra sensitive at that time that she feels safe. This is like the number Mm -hmm. one 
the number one priority is that the mother feels safe. And so I know some people have reached out to like their, their parents or their relatives to come help and then realize that it was a really bad idea because those um, familial patternings um, were still coming up and, you know, they're feeling triggered and stressed out. And that's not, you know, like stress hormones in the milk and feeding that to the baby is like not what you want. So we always talk about the importance of having support, but that the mother, I often get my clients really take some time to journal and really think about, and it sometimes, you know, takes having prior conversations and really setting really clear boundaries. I, you do need the help. You do need the support, but who are you going to feel really safe with? And like really safe where you don't feel like you need to clean the house before people come over. You don't want to be hosting people. That's for sure. I've had actually some friends go to emergency because they spent too much time in the early postpartum hosting people. So you don't want to be hosting people. Um, You want to feel like you don't need to have a shower or smell good. And there is, you know, there's a huge, like you said, a huge shift in hormones that happens. Um, So, and there's a bit of an unraveling that happens. So you want to feel safe to also be really emotional and be, and be held in that and not have your emotions be pathologized or judged in any way. Um, And the reason why it's so important that you feel safe is postpartum mothers, uh, especially breastfeeding mothers, but in general, uh, postpartum mothers have a hormone that is actually really on their side in terms of supporting their mental health. And that's called oxytocin. Mm. Um, And it's such a wonderful hormone. It speeds up recovery. It helps them bond with baby. It supports lactation. Um, It does so many good things, Uh, uplifts the mood. It makes you feel good. But if you don't feel safe um, or if you're really stressed out or triggered, those stress hormones actually inhibit the release of oxytocin, as well as I think the uptake of it into your system. And so then you're not getting that instead you're running stress hormones through your body, which is going to do the opposite effect. It's going to create breastfeeding issues like lactation issues. It's going to, you know, take away from bonding with baby, all these things. So I do really encourage postpartum women to have people around, but they have to be people uh, that make you feel safe. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And literally from like a physiological perspective, the body is sort of either in that parasympathetic or the sympathetic it's in fight or flight, or it's in, you know, feed, breed or rest, digest, friend, tend, like you said. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if we're in that stress space, literally the body is using the nutrition that's coming into it to create stress response, to create cortisol, to create all like adrenaline, all of these hormones that would then help us deal with that high stress sort of dangerous situation, which means that it's literally not using those, that nutrition and that energy to do the breastfeeding, to do the, the tending and mending of all the vaginal tissues or the, you know, bringing all those hip, the hip muscles back together the way they need to be and stuff like that, which is where we end up with prolapse and, you know, uh, hemorrhage, like hemorrhage multiple weeks postpartum, that kind of stuff is we're not, if the body's not receiving what it needs, which is really like safety, calm, rest, sleep when the baby sleeps, all of those things. Um, 
And something else that I'm thinking about is that I think a lot of times that what a lot of mothers aren't realizing that is kind of like an undercurrent, like a deeper undercurrent underneath their anxiety and depression that they might be experiencing is this kind of generational trauma of like, where are the grandmothers? Where are the aunties? Where are the songs? Where is, where's the honoring of this sacred period? And I think it's like a, it's almost like this subconscious knowing and kind of yearning for, and maybe even crying out for. Um, But we not, I think not everybody can, uh, for me, it became quite conscious in my consciousness. I was like, kind of like, what the beep, you know, what is this? But I think for some people, it's like, it's like, and, and, and I think it does go back like a few, a few generations. uh, And before, you know, there's a generation that remembers what that is, you know, because definitely I talked to my, I talked to my grandmother and she's like, oh, well, that's just how it was. But then she talks mm-hmm. about her mother, you know, living on the farm and, and there was way more support and help and mm-hmm. um, around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's really important to recognize that in, you know, this generation, I'm in my thirties, but like anybody who birthed, you know, whose parents or grandparents were birthed in that like fifties, sixties, forties, like it was very common for those women to be unconscious, to have been drugged, to have been maybe strapped down um, and completely unaware of their baby's birth. And so that golden hour after birth completely disrupted the bonding process, completely disrupted. And so that like they don't necessarily have a a physical innate knowledge of what deep connection with baby is actually like many 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 of us you know are either daughters or granddaughters of women who had really like horrifically medicalized births that were very traumatic Mm -hmm. and so you know that obviously impacts our birth process if we haven't dealt with it but it absolutely impacts you know our ability to connect with our children afterwards and we can do that work prenatally we should be doing that work prenatally it will improve our labor outcomes it will improve our postpartum outcomes uh, and it's really important to be doing that work you know to create a healthier generation and to allow our daughters and our sons to really have thriving postpartum postpartum dynamics. Uh, when I talk to women about their labor stories, like absolutely the women who whose mothers birth naturally are much more likely to have pleasurable or pain-free births. How, the stories we hear about those births absolutely impact how we parent, how we, how we labor, all of these things. The women who had, you know, who were born through cesarean or who had, uh, you know, very painful births, they have you know, they have another layer, they have a a heavier sort of load of trauma that they need to work through to get back to that physiological normal, which is a pleasurable, joyful, um, you know, very deeply bonding transcendental birth experience. And it's tricky for people to even talk about, tricky for people to even, you know, acknowledge that it's possible for birth to be painless and and transcendent. It's like, so we we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. And And like you said, that, that, that trauma and birth, well, first of all, like you said, my grandmother was definitely of that generation knocked out to give birth. Um, So absolutely, you know, that's creating not a great attachment style with her daughter. And then even though my mother did give birth to me naturally, I think that attachment style was still passed on, um, Mm -hmm. on to me, like in our attachment. Um, And so then it takes, like you said, like a lot more work for more conscious women to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to just 
freeze or tune out or um, become numb in terms of like what happens after birth. And definitely it's not my story. So I'm not like a specialist in it, but definitely um, women who are experiencing traumatic uh, births definitely are set up to have more challenges postpartum. And so that's why it's even more important to do that work prenatally, as well as to have that, that support. I mean, cause birth can go, however, I don't think you can control it. Um, definitely there's things that can improve birth outcomes for sure. Um, but that's why it's even more important to have that support so that if you did have a traumatic birth experience, you can have the support to heal and recover um, in that very sensitive time afterwards as well, whether it's just physical healing from a C-section or m- emotional, mental uh, support and healing um, from having like a traumatic birth. Cause definitely um, trauma is definitely not like pretty close to number one to putting you at high risk for postpartum depression, anxiety, for sure. In yeah. my case, I didn't have, I wouldn't say it was a traumatic birth and labor, but definitely very stressful. Like it was long and very challenging. And, mm. and then I had like almost no postpartum support at all. Um, you know, and pregnancy and birth are just a huge work in themselves. You know, it's a huge task on the body. It's very depleting often. Um, and so all of that, you know, there's a huge loss of blood, all of these things and all of that stuff needs to get rebuilt after birth. Um, so to expect mothers to just be up and about, and like you said, like on the computer three days after birth is just, it's just crazy making. If someone went through a big surgery in the hospital, you know, they would have all this support to heal for weeks afterwards. And although it's not a surgery, it's still a huge physiological ordeal. Um, even if it's, even if it's the perfect physiological birth. There's so much more for you over in the Joygasmic Life membership. Become a bulletproof mom with us. Learn the tips and tricks and skills you need to recover from your postpartum mental health journey and learn the tools of Joygasmic Alchemy so you can have the kind of birth you've been dreaming of.